0: Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode 105. Um, it is just Hunter and myself today. Chase got back from the Mexicos, but he's uh, he's down and out for the count. So uh, mm. yeah, it's just the two of us rounding up this podcast. Um, and on that note, Hunter, you want to jump into what you're uh, sipping on today? Yeah, I have a
1: strong contender for uh, worst sounding beer uh maybe ever in the podcast uh but I had to buy it because I saw it and I was like what the hell is this this is the uh big truck uh motor oil <laughs> it is a uh black IPA which I didn't know was a thing are you familiar with those casts hmm. can't say i recognize the name off the
0: top of my head but
1: like oh sorry i was more speaking about like uh black IPAs in general
0: cuz i'd never heard no no of that that's again. what i mean like i can't say of uh, black... oh oh yeah But, like, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I've seen that label before, if that makes sense. Got it, got it.
1: Yeah, so I was trying to look up to see what the technical terms for this kind of a beer is. But, essentially, it is not, the blackness comes from the fact that it's a bit more, like, roasted. Like, I guess the hops are, like, cooked longer or whatever, so you get a bit more of that, not burnt, but, like, you know, I guess roasted is the way to say it, uh, Flavor. Um, it's a 6.3%. Um, <laughs> one of the reviews says, uh, no ashiness from the toast either. <laughs> so I guess that can be a problem with a bad black IPA. And I will say, it is, you know, a bit unappealing sounding. And it's definitely not one of my favorite beers. But it definitely, it's a nice change of pace. Like, it, it almost reminds me of of a taste between like a, a stout and a uh, IPA. Hmm. I, don't I don't think stouts don't have the same I'm... roastedness, but just because of the, I guess, the intensity of the flavor.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't know how much I'd like it, but like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a funny name, the Motor Oil. Yep, and it's my big truck as well, so mm-hmm. really
1: leaning into the the car theme. They, they have a couple other beers. I don't think I've had any on pod, but they have a couple other beers that I, I like a good bit, like None none that are at the top of my list, but all but if you hand me a big
0: truck beer, chances are I'll like it. Okay. Alright, well, I'm drinking a um a cabron cantarito. It's basically a tequila cocktail in a can. It's got mm-hmm. like grapefruit juice, orange juice, and lime juice. Ooh. Um presumably soda water as well. Uh they're not great, but um Asked Hannah to take me to the liquor store today because I can't walk there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um and Hannah forgot and then I had to go to work.
1: <laughs> so I had to been. go
0: raid I had to go raid the mini fridge in the living room and see what was there, and this is what I ended up with. So Yeah, my beer selection today is uh not exciting in the slightest.
1: Oh good. Well I made up for it with my very wacky um collection. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, all righty, well, just get into a few things here. Um, okay, so it's obviously unfortunate that Chase isn't here. I, I guess, did you play one game with Chase before he... Uh... Yes, yes,
1: we played one game on Lotus. Um, okay. I will say, I was hoping to, you know, get his opinion on the Outlaw from that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Outlaw was very rarely purchased. Like, it may have been purchased three times between both teams in that game. So he really did not get mm-hmm. much of a handle on it at all. All right. You and me have played a couple games though with the outlaw in it. What's that? You and me have played a couple games with the outlaw. Yeah, so we yeah, more yeah. More hands-on experience me. than last podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like actually did quite well with it on the last game we played on Sunset. But I think that had a lot to do with uh, the enemy team doing a very bad job of clearing me and. um...
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I remember that game. Although I didn't. You're playing get jet there, right?
0: In the head to head, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got dipped in the head to head. We lost in like, what was it, fifteen, fourteen, or something yeah. like that. But yeah, the um, uh, one of the things that I noticed is like, unlike the Marshall and the op, there are definitely angles you don't want to play in. Yeah, like it's. And those are often tighter angles that people are like crossing through. Uh, like, for example, the one that comes to mind right now is not going to be relevant for a bit because it's on Haven. But like, if you're playing Haven a long on defense, like I really don't think the marsh or the uh, the outlaw is actually all that great for that angle. Um, why is that? Because well, it's a lot harder to hit your second follow-up shot on somebody who's crossing through your screen instead of, like, pushing into you. Oh, oh, right? so
1: you, you want to hit them the first time. Like, with a Martial or Op, you're going to one-shot them if you're using them correctly.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, with the Marshall and the Op, like, I only need to take the one-shot. And with the Marshall if I get the one-on-one tag, I mean, like, yeah, that's that's fine. I still have plenty of bullets to fall back with and make use of. But with the Outlaw, you're probably popping off both shots and it's actually really hard to track a target that's moving across your screen, because it has a lot of visual recoil, even though the gun itself fully resets by the time you can shoot your second shot. Right, But, like, it makes the tracking a lot harder. Um, And, yeah, so I I feel like it's just not... It's not all that great for, like, angles like that. I noticed it when I was playing um, Elbow on Sunset. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, That one's a little bit better because there's no cover for them to get through as they cross through the angle. So I can hold fairly tight, and then, like, if I need to, swing out a bit wider or try to catch a timing on maybe letting the first guy through if he's pushing towards sight, and then catching the second guy who's going to push into oboe. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, I find that the gun's a lot better when people are actively pushing into you um, instead of you trying to hold a line, like a tight line that someone could be crossing through. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like the marshal and well the op definitely doesn't have that problem and the marshal has that to a much lesser extent because number one you're aiming for the head anyway um, and number two they're probably going to get through the angle before you could fire off that second shot anyway and so like mm-hmm. you just take your tag and that's that's how the gun works um, but I feel with like the outlaw you're you're really trying to collect on that kill there. Like, that's why you're spending all the extra money on it. Right, right. So, I know, again, and like, I think it is just a, uh, like, there's obviously going to be a learning curve in terms of learning how to play that gun and how to play against that gun. Because it's got its weaknesses and its shrinks mm. and whatnot, but um, I don't know, I still stand by my opinion that it's not as, it's not as broken as everybody's making it out to be.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to come out and say that I'm eating some L's today because uh, I'm going to come out and, and agree with that statement that um, I was very high on the outlaw in the previous podcast before we got it in our hands, and I'm realizing that I definitely overrated it a good bit. But I, I certainly don't think it's a bad gun, and it's been very interesting because there's been a lot of outlaws in games, you know, me on the other side of it dis- realizing that I can't buy light shields as safely anymore. Um And so like, it's definitely having its impact in the meta, but in terms of you actually using it that, yeah, like you are limited by it and it's a lot of money to spend that I I think a lot of me, my hyping it up so much was that, um, it is a very cool gun and I also don't use the Marshall. (laughs) So it's kind of like, what if there is a Marshall, but cool. (laughs) Like the Marshall (laughs) is already a great gun. I just under use it myself. So the idea of, like, a marshal that is I would actually use was very exciting. And obviously there's some cool things that it can do. But, like, yeah, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Like, if you just removed the marshal from the game, uh, the outlaw would be a fantastic weapon. Because, you know, there'd be a lot of situations where... Uh, well, you, you could also talk about the guardian. If you removed the guardian and the marshal from the game, then the outlaw would really, you know, dominate that role. Um, and... And that's kind of the thing, that I don't... I use the Guardian occasionally and the Marshall like, never, so I was really excited about the potential without considering, you know, the weakness versus the alternatives. Even though we were overtly doing that on the podcast, just that in ter- in terms of how I was feeling it in my head, that's where I was slipping up.
0: hmm And, yeah, the I mean, I will say a few things about it, though, is, like, I find that it is easier to hit the headshot mm-hmm. with that gun. Um, than the Marshal, you were saying that. Than it is with the Marshal, like... It might just be the zoom level. My guess is it has a higher zoom. I don't know the stats off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it does. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other issue that I've had with it is, like, and I've noticed this when I do get that headshot, uh, I fire two bullets no matter what. And that's probably a skill issue. And that's just going to take some getting adjusted to and learning about Mm -hmm. how the gun works. But, like, I always fire both bullets. Just probably yeah. not great. Um, but again, I think that's a bit of like a time thing, and I'd like to see some, some like pro players vods, specifically pro players who usually use Opsash Marshall. Um, just because I feel like you don't, like, yeah, maybe my reaction time is just slow, but I don't really have the time to consider. Oh, I got the kill with the first shot. I shouldn't fire the second one. Because if I'm assuming mm. they are 150 HP, then I need both shots, and I'm kind of going into the engagement with that in mind. Right, and Unless right. I'm preemptively told that, oh, everybody left alive does not have full shields, or we're going up against a, uh, like, an Eco. Um, like, round two or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's, like, that's the interesting thing that, we, that about the Outlaw. Like, where you pre-aim is, like, so important compared to other guns. Mm-hmm. Well I mean it's very that's a bad way to say it It's obviously super important with basically every gun But you have to change where you pre-aim Based on the situation more than any other gun
0: Yeah And like I think that the um, I think people are overselling The fact that Light Shield's meta Is dead again Like yeah. I don't know Like the risks of Light Shield meta Were always there Right there are plenty sure. of guns that are more lethal when you have that 25 less armor, mm-hmm. like Buckies and Shorties, and...
1: I would say the Shorty much more uh, than the Bucky. Uh, yeah, the Bucky has plenty okay. of damage to kill you, even with Bull Shields.
0: Yeah, but they're oftentimes with the Bucky, you don't quite get the 150. But you get like 130 or something.
1: That kills... But yeah, um, maybe, but but I get what you're saying. Though there are there are other okay. ways where you could die. But.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you're always and like I guess the idea of the light shields is like oh, but like you know we're probably going into like rifles and stuff. And even now, you're still probably going into rifles. It's not likely that there's going to be multiple outlaws on the other team. If yeah. anything, going to be one. Right, and, and that's it. Yeah, and like. Just kind of, like, that's just the same thing as one person on the other team having an op. Like, yes, is it cheaper? Absolutely. From, like, an economy perspective of them buying that instead. But, like, yeah, I, like, I, I feel like Light Shield's meta isn't necessarily dead. Like, and now, it might change things up at the pro level, but I feel like at a ranked level, you could still get away with your Light Shield's meta just fine. Like, I feel like you're just equally at risk now. The same way it was before. Yeah,
1: and part of it as well is that, you know, there are a decent amount of times where, you know, you've won some close rounds against the other team. So, and you've, you know, you've died multiple rounds in a row despite your team winning. So you really don't have a lot of money. And that's often, that's often a situation where, like, you know, you have to decide between Light Shields Rifle or Full Shields, like, SMG or something. And... The fact that the outlaw is so damn expensive being twenty four hundred that there are plenty of times where you're in that situation where I would often go light you know light shields in the past, where I could continue to go light shields again because if the team that I'm facing that's saving is buying an outlaw, then they're they're probably not saving <laughs> they're probably forcing mm-hmm. um which you know is unusual and uh not that it couldn't happen but that's go just going to, to along with what you're saying that there are plenty of situations especially when we talk about optimal gameplay, where you will not very often be encountering outlaws. And this is a, you know, very low sample size, but I know our games that we played earlier in this week, there were a lot of outlaws in comp games. And then in the two games that I played today, there were far, far fewer. Um, there was one guy on, on my team who like always bought one, but who's clearly on a Smurf. Um, and then I didn't really see much of anyone else using the Outlaw in that game. And then the previous game, you know, a smattering of buys, like, five or less all game. So I definitely think there might be a bit of correcting happening. Like, this is why Cass was saying, you know, we should play on alt at the start, where, of course, everyone's using it at the beginning. But as people discover that, like, it might be a fun gun, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to buy all the time, I think we're really going to see... It. We're going to settle into just how often it's being purchased. And I think that is going to end up with exactly what you're saying, it not being that much of a deal breaker when it comes to light shields or not, when it's all all said and done.
0: Yeah. I mean, the... I do think it affects, like, my decision in round two. Mm Mm-hmm. It's because, like, before I would often force up, like, a marshal. Right? And just be like, well, you know what? Like, I could still buy Rifle Light next round. Oh, when you lose round Um, one. Yeah, when you lose round one. Yeah. Um... Or force up, like, a sheriff or something. And that's just not... I mean, I was looking through some of my clips the other day, and, like, there's a clip on Ascent of me forcing Marshall round two after we lost Pistol, and immediately just getting three picks down mid with it. Right, right, yeah. Uh, we we ended up winning the round off that. Like, I, I just don't know how realistically I'm going to be able to justify doing that anymore, knowing that I'm going against... Uh, Probably a better gun in terms of killing me um, in the Outlaw, if there's a specific duel I'm looking for. Right. And it's... I feel like a lot of people didn't buy Marshall Round 2 because... Even though it's, I would argue, the best fucking gun in the game Round 2. Because they didn't like having the Marshal in round three. And they have the money so that they would rather spend uh, the credits on a more expensive gun being uh, either like Guardian Bulldog or like a Spectre.
1: I'm a little right? I feel like if you have lost... Oh, right. oh, 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 yeah. Okay, for some reason I was getting it backwards in my head. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Because it's basically okay. a better op in round two if you've won round one. The 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 Marshall, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I had it, I had it, I had it flipped because you were just talking oh, about oh, buying okay, the Marshall yeah. after losing round one. So I was like, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, it's when you so won saying, round like,
0: one that it's the best gun in the game. Yeah, yeah. When you won round one. The Marshall is the best fucking gun in the game. Yeah, and but I feel like people didn't buy it all that much because they didn't like bringing the Marshall into round three. Yep, unless yep. they're like a jet slash chamber Um that snipes a lot. But yeah, having. I feel like people feel way better about bringing an outlaw into round three. And are more willing to do that. Um, And so I feel like you're more reliably going to see someone on the other team have the outlaw in round two. Because they feel better about bringing it into round three. Whereas, like, when I'm buying a Marshall after we lose pistol and forcing up, I'm trying to get a duel against somebody who bought like either a phantom or a vandal or like a guardian or a bulldog or something. And I'm trying to abuse the fact that I have a scope and you don't. Right. Right. uh, In terms of getting a pick here um, and taking a much more expensive gun out of your hands. But like, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely feel way less or I feel less good about buying anything round two. Uh, mm. which I think is a little bit lame, but we'll have to see how that progresses, just because I don't, I don't know, I, I, I don't see the gun seeing all too, too much play outside of people who would have bought a Marshall anyway. Yeah. After everything's said and done and the dust has settled.
1: Yeah, seeing some discussion about exactly what you were saying on Reddit in terms of uh, you know, using it anti-eco, uh, well, the second, not with the second part of what you're saying about the Marshall, but like there was some back and forth that I'm curious to hear your take on that people were saying, some people were upset that like, oh, this is going to make, assuming the outlaw is perhaps a bit more widespread in use than you're talking about just for the sake of argument, it's more, more of a common pick. This is going to make like, you know, eco rounds, have an, you have an even harder chance, you're going to have an even harder time winning eco rounds. Uh, and that is worse for the game because you already were disadvantaged. And then there are some other people on the other hand saying, like, oh, well actually, it's too many eco rounds were being won. Like, it's appropriate to have a lower eco round win rate. So I'm c- kind of curious what your take is on that. Do you want to see a higher or lower
0: eco round mm. win rate versus pre-outlaw? I... I don't know exactly whether I'd like to see, mm-hmm. but like in terms of that, but like I, I do think that your agency to fight back has been greatly diminished. Right. Because right. you're punished a lot harder now for buying any sort of utility or weaponry in round two after losing pistol. That's right? true. That's true. And I, I see the argument that people are making of like, oh, like too many eco rounds are being won. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the case. I don't really know what the stats are to back that up. And obviously, it's frustrating as hell when you buy in round two and then you fucking lose it anyway.
1: Yeah, um, Chase is the one. He's the one who hates that the most. I think he's always fuming.
0: Yeah, but like, and like, I, I get that. But I feel like they sh- like, I don't know. I feel like the game is a little more interesting when like you've got a chance in terms of oh, okay, we can buy some gun that excels in these certain situations
1: mm-hmm.
0: along the lines of like sheriff marshall shorty um maybe even a bucky if you're feeling up to it like it's like there are some of these cheaper guns that you can buy that are strong in their niche whereas now it's like i believe you could still you can still afford the shorty no problem but, like, you can't afford a Marshal or a Sheriff or a Bucky after losing yeah. round one. Um, and be able to get the the Farmer round three. Like, I don't know. I, I could see, perhaps, an evolution on the meta where, like, a few people do. And then are just okay with going Bulldog Full Shields round three. Or, um, like, Full Shield Spectre or something. Mm-hmm. And just being like, hey, like, the rest of my team is going to have full shield rifles, and if one of them dies, I can pick their rifle up, or the enemy team also probably doesn't have full rifles either. Right, right. And so me being on even footing with them, well, it's not the best thing in the world, like, a decent number of them are probably going to have full shield specters as well. And so, like, I've got the same firepower that they do, and that's fine. Um. um. You know? But Yeah, again, we'll we'll have to see how this, you know, all shakes out, but like Ugh I don't know. At least this last week, like, it bothers me so much when people who like don't use certain kinds of guns pick them up just because they're there. <laughs> like the op being the most infamous one prior to this patch. Yeah. And which people are like, oh, well, like, yeah, the enemy team had an op, and, like, we killed him. We should take the op. It's more expensive. And right, it's like, right. yeah, okay, that's great and all, but you don't fucking op. So you don't yeah. know how to use the gun. And you're not good with it. And you're probably going to die and just give the gun right back to them. It's better to leave that shit on the ground. You bring a rifle into the next round, and if they want another op, they're going to have to spend the amount of money to rebuy it. Um, right, And right. I feel like. Not a lot with outlaws now. It's just like people who have no business buying a sniper in the first place. they just like, ooh, new gun. Cool. I'm mm-hmm. the outlaw. And Which like, is why you
1: wanted to play man. out an alt to start like you were
0: saying. Yeah, yeah. And like I, like, I guess the outlaws like less or like more forgiving than an op is. If that makes sense? Like, yeah.
1: That's fair. I mean, you have it's much higher that. movement and stuff. You don't have to be as... You're not punished for missing as badly.
0: Yeah, like, you have half the, uh, like, half the cost, right? So you're not screwing over your econ by buying it, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do have that second shot. And if you're not a great offer, like, the reload, or having to reload between them is not going to affect you all too, too much. Right, right. Right? Assuming you get your one kill and you get out of there, and now you get a reload, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because I feel like if you are a really good opera and, like, you get your kill and you're like, oh, okay, like, I'm looking for another one. Like, I know when I got this kill, somebody was stuck out in the open, and, like, they're not going to get back to cover right after I cycle this bolt. Like, I've got a chance to punish them here. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you can kind of do the same thing with Marshall, but, like, with this... With the Outlaw, like, that's not really the case. Uh, but, like, people who aren't Really good operas are probably not going to suffer from that as much, just because that's not their mindset necessarily. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, I got my pick. Like, let well, me let me fall back, or let me, you know, do whatever." But it's like you can spend the time reloading the fucking gun. Right, um, right. So I do think it's like it's definitely more forgiving. Um, but that doesn't mean that you should be using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's the reason why I don't buy Judge. of the time. Right, right, because you're you're not good with it. (laughs) I'm not good with that again. Yeah. And, like, somebody else on my team is probably the one who should have the judge if that's what the... Like, I don't know. I think it'd be, like, more... I guess the way that you look at it is, like, from a pro play perspective, like, your money is not your money. Your money is the team's money.
1: Right, right. right. That, that's so, like, communist, the, you know, economics over here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no so, I don't like, get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you take Fnatic, for example, right? They mm-hmm. have enough money to buy four rifles and one not rifle. Well, even if Dirk is the guy with the less money, like, somebody's dropping the rifle for him. Mm-hmm. And then you'll probably have Boaster on a, uh... on the, um... The judge. The, the, That's what I was getting at. Um, but, like, obviously that doesn't really happen all too much in Ranked, right? It's like, in Ranked, there's definitely a bit of this money is the team's money, but then there's also definitely a bit of, like, this money's kind of my money.
1: Yeah, there's some people you know? who will request guns and then never buy them for other people.
0: I'm not even talking about that. It's like, oh, well, like... Oh, just in terms of like, mentality, talk- yeah. Yo, well, no, not, like, in terms of... Well, I should be, or, like, you, in in this particular example, right, it's, like, you're the one that should be on the judge, but you have the money to buy a rifle. I shouldn't be on the judge, I have, I only have the money to buy a judge, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, because we're playing together, I can be, like, hey, Hunter, like, I can buy you a judge, can you buy me a rifle? Right, It's, like, the team comp and, like, the way that we play better, but in a standard ranked lobby, like, you're not getting that level of cooperation.
1: No, absolutely
0: not. Not even close. Um, and, like, same thing. We're talking about this in Premiere. We're, like, you offered to, like, save so that I could get an op out early in the game. Yeah. Uh, which we ended up not doing. Like.
1: Maybe once we did it. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Maybe we did it once. I I remember there was, like, one of the situations in which, like, we won Pistol and it was going to be viable for us to, like, execute this plan. Yeah. Um, Like, I told you not to, because I felt better about what I was doing with a rifle at that moment. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It's like, oh, no, like, I'm actually kind of, like... Yeah, that's that's
1: happened a couple times. Yeah, yeah, it's like,
0: oh, I'm kind of cooking with the Vandal right now. Um, Like, I'm hitting my shots, I feel good about it, like, if I got a retake, like, I'm gonna want this Vandal, and, like, whatever. Um, But, yeah, it's like, you're you're just never gonna get that in a ranked game. Um... So yeah, I forgot what my original train of thought was, but that's definitely something there.
1: Right, right. Oh, uh, it was about sharing money. Oh, because well, you were talking about like the outlaw, when that would fit into a team's buy, and teams just wasting oh, money by buying. Oh, yeah, yeah, share. yeah.
0: It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was saying like, there, there are probably a good number of times now where as either Jet or Chamber, maybe even Raise potentially. And also specifically on defense, I mean, Chamber can probably get away with it on attack, too. But mm-hmm. it's like, I could buy I could buy someone else on the team a rifle, like a, a Vandal or whatever, and then have them buy me the outlaw. And that'd be totally fine. Like, I don't feel bad about going into this round with an outlaw. Right. right. Um, just to get them a gun that's better suited for them and have a gun that's not necessarily better suited for me, but like, I'm better with that gun than you would be with that gun. Um, and, like, you'll see people do it with, like, an operator. Like, you juggle the op around to whoever the op agent is on the team when you pick one up. Uh, typically. But I feel like you don't really ever see that with any other kind of guns. Um, Mm -hmm. like, if... uh, I'm thinking, like, for example, we... We get the Thrifty round two, right? And so someone comes out of there with, um... Oh, okay, no, actually, let's just say we get a thrifty. It's it's not round two, right? Ah, uh, but like you weren't able to pick up a rifle, and so you now have a stinger or a specter, right? Right, right. And it's like it might be best to juggle that gun around to whoever's playing. I don't know, like third man in. Definitely, right? so they can
1: pick up a gun. Ideally, yeah. So
0: that they can, so like they get, like they start the round with either a stinger or a specter. Uh, but then hopefully your your entry goes in maybe the 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 secondary entry goes in as well either they get a kill on site and you can now go pick up the full rifle or they die and hopefully you can recover one of their rifles um and i feel like there's definitely some like macro optimization stuff that just like you don't ever see in ranked games oh definitely yeah there, there's a lot a lot more a lot a
1: lot left on the table that way um, I was also thinking about your idea of the third man in I think makes sense if you have a team that's, you know, walking into sight more or less together. Um, when I play Yoru specifically, I think it makes sense for, even, even if I'm the first one in, me to have the SMG. Because if I'm flash TPing into someone's face, the SMG is kind of a side grade to the rifle in that, you know, it has better run and gun accuracy. And hopefully I'm isolating a duel. So if, it, you know, my stinger mag isn't that much of a limitation and it's going to be pretty hard for someone to pick up a rifle, <laughs> depending on where I'm TPing. If I have it, so I'm happy to be the one
0: yeah. on that. I, I think that is kind of like a Yoru specific thing, though, right?
1: Because he can be so far isolated versus other agents.
0: Yeah, I mean potentially rays in that regard too. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna, if you have double pla- uh, double blast pack rollouts, yeah, like on split, for example, you might be fucking it's... elbow. Right, right. While yeah. the rest of the team is still walking out main. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you die there, well... That rifle's probably not getting recovered. Unless yep. your team just takes sight anyway. But, like... Also, if you're third man in, you would hope that even if your entry, and maybe even your secondary entry, dies, hopefully they've softened up some people on site, and now your Spectre Stinger is just that much more deadly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think that there's some macro gameplay that, or, like, macro strategies that are just not used in Ranked, and I feel like the Outlaw actually happens to fit in really well with some of those macro strategies. Yeah. Uh, We'll just have to see how that ends up playing out. Because, like I was saying, like, specifically on defense, when I'm playing either Jet or Chamber, like, like, I would not mind buying a rifle for somebody on our team. And having them buy me an outlaw. Yeah. If they don't quite have the money to get a rifle. Right, right. Uh Instead of them going, like, rifle light or... uh, Well, rifle light's probably fine, but, like, you know. Instead of them buying a bulldog or a guardian, especially if they're not comfortable with it. Like, I know Chase is fairly comfortable with, uh, with a bulldog. Um, right, right. Me, not so much. Yeah, um, neither me, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: there's one thing as well. if especially for looking at attack, where it's in general just easier to juggle around weapons, assuming that you're moving together into sight. Uh, one thing that uh, was anticipated based on the, the leaks and you and I experienced a little bit testing the Outlaw and Icebox, um, is that the the Outlaw does really well with wall banging better than a Marshal or a Op because you know you can get those two shots off really quick and they have high pen and you can aim for the body with them. So if you have you know, either, like, a, a Skydog or a Fade Prowler that reveals someone in a bangable area, or even better, you have a uh, a Fade Eye or a Sova Dart that straight up pings someone. Um, you know, if you're the third one in, like, if you're the Sova, for example, you know, you're actually have a pretty decent gun to get that kill, and then, of course, you can swap to a, a rifle when your team takes the sight.
0: Yeah. I was seen from attack, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I was just kind of in my head thinking that, like, the third man in, in this context, would have an SMG instead of the outlaw, but, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it's um,
1: comp-specific if you have that those kind of tools.
0: Yeah, yeah. I also, I also do think yeah. that it's, um, it's way more feasible with the outlaw to do kind of the strategy that you and I have very, very briefly explored mm-hmm. in terms of on attack and we, we did it with an operator before the outlaw was in the game, but like I would start the round with the operator on attack. Right. And search for a pick. And then if I don't get it, I'd throw the op to you and then you'd throw me a rifle. Yeah. And I was playing sky um, often for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, cause like I would rather entry with the, with the rifle. Right. Right. When it yeah. came back to entry site, if we're not getting the picks that I was or like, the early picks I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, But I feel like that's definitely, like, more feasible with The Outlaw now. Um, Just because it's a lot cheaper. And, like I was saying, it's more forgiving for people who aren't dedicated offers. Uh, Yeah. And, yeah, like... Also, if we get Spike down and you're kind of holding back a little bit, like there is a decent chance that at that point in the round, not everybody in the enemy team is full health. And also, any chip damage you do as they then push into the site to try to retake the site, is, like, 140 to the body is going to make them, like, just, like, sneeze on them and they die. Yeah. From anybody who's actually holding the site. So, like, I don't know. I I, I feel like there is definitely some potential there that we should definitely explore a bit. Mm -hmm. Although I know that you're going to You've definitely been playing less Sky and Killjoy. So,
1: well, I mean, I've, I've been moving more to Gecko, and Gecko works all right for a similar role. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about earlier in the podcast when we were discussing the weaknesses and strengths of the Outlaw that probably the single best scenario for an Outlaw where you would, you know, prefer to have the Outlaw over anything else um, is in a scenario where you are on attack, it's a post plant, you have a good angle on the spike, and it's a 1v1. So, you know, you don't have to really really worry about the reloads too much or anything like that. The other person is very likely not higher than 140 health. You get two chances to one-tap them in the body, including, you know, if you have an angle where you might be almost not quite seeing them and have to wall bang them, that works too. You good over there,
0: Cass? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I I just had to hobble to my mini-fridge to grab my second drink. Got it, got it. Um...
1: Yeah, I don't know if we've addressed on Pod the fact that you are currently uh, injured.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, a little crippled at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's getting better. Yeah, good. Hopefully no surgery. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was talking to my buddy who had a very similar injury. um, And he said he was like, he's like, yeah, like, didn't break anything and no surgery. He was like, I was out for two months. Um, Although he was talking about like, from, like, sports and physical activities, so hopefully, or, like, I doubt I'll, I'll be able to walk by next week, but I'm hoping, or, like, I, I doubt that I'll be able to walk without crutches by next week, but hopefully after that, like, I'll be, even if I'm hobbling around a little bit with a limp, I'll be able to, uh, get myself around without the need for crutches.
1: Good, good, and hopefully the cat the CT scan or whatever will confirm
0: Yeah, so, you know. We'll see how it goes. Um, okay, but the next thing that I wanted to talk about today is the uh, the good old Battle Pass in Valorant. Mm. And by good old, I mean absolute dog shit. <laughs> um, yeah. I can think of potentially two Battle Passes that have ever been arguably maybe... Potentially worth it. Mm. And, like, you it's a bit of a stretch. One um, is the Velocity
1: skin... ones, right? Is Velocity Yeah, yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah we it was, the, it the, the yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Velocity skin line, I actually think is quite good. But I feel like, yeah, I mean, and I've got my own arguments against the, what the fuck is it called, uh, Radionite? Is that what that currency is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is the most bullshit thing in the world. And I was hoping that there was going to be some, like, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know, but like China came out with a whole bunch of new gaming laws.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I was reading through those to see if there was anything that was going to like stop Riot from like doing that. And like the answer is is no. <laughs> um, unfortunately. You got it. but. I feel like, yeah, some of the Chinese gaming laws are, like, absurd, but, like, actually Mm -hmm. benefit the consumer, like, decently well. Um, like, I know that, at least from, like, a, um, like, from a gotcha game perspective, they're really, like, pushing back against some of those, like, I I guess, what's the right word here? Like, um, like, predatory aspects of it. Uh, like, the, the new Chinese laws are doing a lot to combat that. Um, although, I think they're geared mostly towards, like, aiding with, like, gaming addiction. And I don't think that there's any argument that, like, the Radianite system really feeds into that. There's, like, potentially the slightest argument of well, you have to play every day to, like, get the Radianite from yeah. the battle pass. And, like, that's something that Um, that's something that the new Chinese gaming laws are like designed to deal with is like the having to play every day Um, so like maybe there will be some very slight battle pass changes in that regard but like I don't know seeing the battle pass for like the finals and Mm -hmm. like the throwing knives being changed to playing cards with like crazy animations Mm -hmm. like holy fuck that is sick (laughs) <laughs> like that is so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, that is a top fucking tier Valorant skin
1: mm-hmm. in
0: comparison, right?
1: Yeah. What if they made jets and jet knives for <laughs> playing cards as well? That would be cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's literally fucking free. It's one of the free tiers in the fucking Battle Pass. Hmm. Like, it's not even the fucking paid tier. Yeah, and
1: I don't think you mentioned this yet, but in the finals, like in um, Fortnite, and I'm sure other games as well, if you complete the Battle Pass, you get the the uh, premium currency you spent on the Battle Pass back as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Which is also um, very different from Valorant. Yeah, like I was seeing some of like the Fortnite Battle Pass stuff just because one of my roommates has started playing a bit of Fortnite because mm-hmm. it's the one game that he can play with a couple of his buddies from back home. Um, because, like, one of them's on PC, the other one's on Xbox. Um, and so it's, like, one of the few games that they can all play together. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I saw some of the skins that he had from having bought, like, one Battle Pass back in the day, and then getting the currency back, to, like, buy the next Battle Pass. And, like, he's got some pretty fucking cool-looking shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was looking at that, and I'm like, those would be top-tier skins in Valorant. Mm -hmm. the Valent is charging you, like, a hundred dollars a fucking pack for. I don't know how much the battle passes are in those games, but, like, like I was talking about with, like, the throwing, uh, the playing cards for throwing knives, that shit was literally free. Right, right. That's like getting the Reaver Karambit. Free. (laughs) Yeah. In the battle pass.
1: Right, right.
0: Like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, like, I I feel like the only point of the battle pass, currently, is you need the fucking Radionite. Which is the most bullshit mechanic in the fucking world, anyway. Like, I already spent the hundred dollars to get my fucking skins. And what, I can't play with the fucking skins that I just purchased? Because I can't fucking upgrade that shit? Yeah. Like, and, like, they try- like, holy fuck, just to get, like, a few- uh, just get a few Radianite, if you were to just outright buy it from from Riot, is, like, disgustingly expensive.
1: Oh, yes. Paying for Radianite is the biggest, like, whale sink in the entire game. was like, oh, you want to upgrade one gun? That will be $50. It's close to that. I don't remember the specifics, but it's bad.
0: And, yeah, you probably paid 50 fucking dollars for the skin in the first place.
1: Yeah, I, I actually did do that once, I am ashamed to admit, which is when I... Bought the glitch pop pack when I first started playing because I was excited to upgrade everything all at once, and then I mm-hmm. never did it again because I was like, "Man, this is a uh,
0: inefficient of money."
1: Um, yeah, it...
0: yeah. All right. Well, yeah. I was just saying that I feel like the, and then just going into like what the battle pass literally has like itself aside from that, like it is very very rare that there's a skin line in the battle pass that I would actually use. Mhm. Like by choice, and by choice, I mean I use a few of them, but that's because the alternative is the matte black default edition. Right, right. Just because I don't have like a specter skin or like a an airy skin or a judge skin or stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but like I don't know some of the skin lines that they've come out with that are like partially animated if that makes sense yeah like they're selling in the store i feel like that needs to be the new baseline for the battle pass yeah i'm with you there
1: because i forget if we were talking about this on podcast or off but like you know if you look at what percentage of valorant players uh over time just started playing within the last you know three months like, I'm sure that number is an incredibly small fraction of what it was when Valorant first started. And I think the the perk of the Battle Pass is that you get, you know, if you don't want to spend much money on the game, if you want to just, maybe you want to, I think probably like the average person, I would guess, who plays the game a lot, um, buys a Battle Pass and a couple skins for guns that they use a lot. And like for that, the Battle Pass skins are still, you know, better than nothing, like you're saying, and you get incredible <laughs> you know dollar to gun ratio versus buying a premium skin but the the skins aren't all that cool and for what i assume is the vast majority of valorant players who have been playing the game for a long ass time you know once you bought one battle pass there are probably only a couple of other skins that you don't have anything for like you're not going to buy you know three battle passes because you want the gun skins that much like you're going to keep buying battle passes like you were saying because of the radionite Um, and going, you know, circling back to the Radiant issue, I don't have as big of an issue with it as you do for the reason that when it comes to like a live service game like Valorant, the idea is, you know, you don't pay up front, but you continue to pay as you play because there's ongoing support for the game and because you're spending a lot of time with the game over time. And so I I like what people have said, which is that, you know, typically with a single player game, unless you, you know, really... Uh, get into it and get into end game content and play it over and over again. If you just like complete a single player games campaign, you're looking at, you know, maybe 20, 25 hours on average. Whereas like for a, a live service game, you should look at like how smart, how much money you should spend on it or, you know, how much money you are spending on it by like the amount of hours that you've played divided by the amount of money you're spending. And that might sound unrelated, but where I'm going with that is that, if you just continue to play the game, um, you'll continue to get radionite albeit at a slow rate from the battle pass and you'll and basically to get to the point where you have to buy radionite, you have to be spending a lot of money. You you have to be the your, your money to hours ratio has to be pretty crazy because like I said, I've only ever bought radionite once. And, it, like, I have 140 radianite right now. If I buy the new pack, I can, like, fully upgrade, like, the knife and two skins, and then I'll have to wait to upgrade the last two. Which, like, isn't yeah, a big like, deal to
0: me. I mean, maybe, but, like, I feel like that's part of the issue right there, right? Is, like, you buy one pack, mm-hmm. and any the amount of radianite you have saved up is just, is gone. Um, Sure. But, like, my point like, is that
1: if you are spending that much money, then you better mm-hmm. have played the amount of time to justify spending that much money, at oh, which yeah, point sure. you have Radiate. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I get that. You should look at it as dollars spent per hour plate. Right. Right? Is, like, the optimal metric to be looking at it with. Because, like you're saying, for a single-player game um, that you're paying up front for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm spending $60 on this game. And, like you're saying, if I get 20, 20 hours out of it, like... You know what? I spent three dollars an hour. I'm spending way fucking more at that than that, uh, like at a bar. Yeah, like whatever else that I might be doing for those twenty hours, I'm definitely spending more than three dollars an hour doing that. And like that's totally reasonable. And when you look at Valorant, like I don't know what my money spent is up to at this point, but like call it around five hundred dollars. Yeah. I don't know how many hours that Mine I've Mine is probably game, closer like, to
1: double that, <laughs> if I'm being okay. honest, but yeah.
0: Well, like, yeah, it's like when you divide it by the number of hours that you're playing, like, yeah, the math on that front works out. Right. Every single time, and this has only ever happened twice, because I've only ever bought two full packs, but the only two times that I've bought a full pack, I have fully run out of Radionite and been forced to buy the next Battle Pass to... Get more Radianite to upgrade the rest of the skins. Now, as it happens... Yeah. Um, for the Neo Frontier... Like... I don't ever really buy an Odin. So I haven't bothered fully upgrading the Odin. hmm Um... What are the other guns in that pack?
1: Marshall... Oh, um, all the other guns are fully upgraded. Because Marshall,
0: Sheriff, Phantom. And Sheriff, yeah. And Knife. Uh, like, those are fully upgraded. Right. Because I use those all the time. Um... But yeah, and then when it comes down to that, like, oh, I want to buy variants.
1: Right. That's variants like, are 15, 31? I think, rather than 10, typically, yeah. Yeah,
0: are 15. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of the, some of the skin lines, like, it's not even just four upgrade tiers. It's, like, five upgrade tiers. Right. And then there's the variants. Like, it, to fully upgrade, I want to say it was... Um, uh, what is it? Like, let's go with the Protocol Phantom because I know that one for sure had five tiers.
1: Right, because there's, like, the voice uh, changing was, like, oh, yeah, yeah, of and own. I'm pretty sure...
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, um, uh, what like one of the packs that I've got, the, um, RGB, that's not it, but, like... RGX? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, the RGX pack, right? Like, that one has five up. Yeah, I think, like, the kill it.
1: counter, they counted as a separate tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: they counted that, and, like, you know... Okay, so you're looking at 50 Radionite right there. Uh, There are three variants for it, each at 15 each. You're looking at another 45 Radionite right there. To fully upgrade one gun from the fucking pack, you're looking at 95 Radionite. For one fucking gun. That's absurd. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I'm going to walk back
1: what I said a minute ago slightly, because... I kind of, you know, glossed over the fact that I absolutely have bought battle passes for the main purpose of getting Radionite from them like you were saying cuz like if at this point I had if I had never bought a battle pass and only bought premium skins I definitely would not, you know, I would be way behind on being able to upgrade the skins that I have currently. So like yeah. that's that definitely is true and it de- it absolutely is a, you know, predatory monetization thing in terms of You know, the whole goal is to obscure how much you're really paying. Because first they do that where you don't spend, you know, dollars on a pack. You spend Valorant points. And then, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've talked about this on Pod, but it definitely is kind of a, you know, uh, a bit of a mindfuck thing. That they want you to think that you multiply the amount of money you spend by 100. And then that's how you get your Valorant points. Like, they want you to have that in your head. But in fact, well, that's at least in USD. I think it's different in Canadian, but yeah. in US. Um, but what they do is they put the very lowest pack, the um, the the pack that gives you uh, 475 Valorant points. They put that in USD at five dollars. So they put it at you know not quite the full amount, so that that way every you know bundle over that they can increase the discount they're showing by a little bit more because they arbitrarily didn't like, put the bottom amount at what you would think it would be. And then you know, now you've already had the separation from your cash after that to get to the Valorant points. And then also people you know, don't consider the Radiant as well. So all, all of it is trying to make you spend more money than you think you're spending, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And like, because you have to buy the certain packs, like I was talking about it with like the Kuronami pack. It's yeah. like, to, for me to get that, being in Canada, I need to spend $145 or $147, I can't remember the exact Mm value, to get the most expensive pack that there is. And then I can buy the full Kurunami pack. But then I've got a bunch of money or valorant points, like, left over. Well, quick correction, RES was more expensive. Hmm? Uh, Quick correction,
1: RES was more expensive. Oh, no, no, like, I'm not talking about that. Well, you said to buy the most expensive pack there is. No, oh, like not skin
0: bundle. pack. Okay,
1: Valorant points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. The most expensive <laughs> got it, got it. bundle of
0: Valorant <laughs> yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Costs me 140 right. some dollars. Yeah, Right? Uh, and then I don't have to spend all of that to get the, the full Kurunami pack that's currently in the store, but right. I now have extra money that I've already given Riot that's sitting there. Yeah. And depending on exactly how the numbers work out, it's like, you know... I could try to justify it and be like, oh, well, you know what? I'll have enough money, or I'll have enough Valorant points left over after I buy this pack that when, like, a cool animated outlaw comes into the game, like, I've already put the money down, and so it's there, and I can just buy the the new outlaw when it comes yeah. out. But, like, I still have to, like, if you look at it, like, I have to put $147 in right now to get the Kuranami pack. And I'm not sure what my radiant count's right. at. you could fucking Knight die, and would have your money before you got your outlaw. Yeah, right. Uh, and then also, like, I like I probably don't have the amount of radiant it would take to upgrade that entire pack. Yeah. And then it's like, oh well, do I buy the battle pass? But if I buy the battle pass, now I'm probably not gonna have enough money to buy that outlaw when it comes out. Right, and then that's and where then you... maybe I'd have to put in another ten dollars to get the yeah. outlaw when it comes out. Like, it's yeah, I, I think it is very predatory and the battle pass doesn't offer anything that justifies it besides the radianite if you need it and i think that's a fucking shame
1: yeah that's i think that's fair for sure uh, i'm not sure if i would want to see it legally enforced because you know people could always just not pay riot money but uh that being said, I I like the skin so much that I, I will continue to pay the right money. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry,
0: <laughs> no, but like yeah. I mean, the whole idea with any game like this, right, mm-hmm. where there's no or there's to a certain extent a very a high cap on the amount of money you could potentially spend, right? Yeah, I don't know how much money it would cost you to have bought every single skin in the game and every single battle pass in the game. But, like, there are definitely people who have done that. hmm And those people dramatically fucking offset the number of people that would only ever, like, buy a Battle Pass here or a Battle Pass there. Yeah. Right? And so, like, I feel like... And then, so it's, it's the middle-tier spenders that Riot might be losing a little bit of money with by making the Battle Pass is actually really good. Because they'd be like, no. "Oh, well, like, why would I, why would I buy a premium skin pack when like I already have pretty solid skins um, from the battle pass?" Yeah, yeah, that'd be the concern. And maybe, but the way that I see it now is like in game. Like, I'm surprised when I run into a battle pass skin on the ground.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more premium than Battle Pass skins, for sure. Like,
0: I'm almost shocked when I run into a Battle Pass skin.
1: Oh, I wonder how much of that is also selection bias, because... Or, is that the right term? Like, you probably just gloss over them, because it's not exciting to see them. So there might be... They might not stick in your memory as much as a premium skin.
0: Yeah, no, but, like, maybe, but, like... Well, because there are a bunch of times where, like, I'm looking for a gun upgrade after we win a Thrifty or whatever... And I might not have the luxury to go shopping around for the best skin that's on the ground. Right, right. Or my teammates beat me to the punch. And the the vandal that I'm left with is the vandal I'm left with, you know? Right, right. Um, But even then, the vandal I'm left with might just be a forsaken vandal. And I think it's ugly. Mm -hmm. But hey, it's still premium skin, you know? Right. It's like... I see more premium skins in games, in my lobbies, than I do Battle Pass plus no skin combined.
1: Now that, I'm really not sure if that would is correct. Because there's another thing that I think you're not considering here, Cass, which is that... And I'm
0: mentally accounting for Smurfs as well.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I imagine you were, based on how you worded that. Um, meaning that you were including Smurfs skins in this picture. But here's the big thing, right? Which is that every... I'm including... I'm
0: including Smurfs not having skins. And therefore, when I kill you and I pick up your Vandal,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's the base Vandal.
1: Right, you're not discounting that that base Vandal pick. Exactly. Right.
0: So, um,
1: here's the thing that I think makes this a lot harder to, uh, you know, analyze. When you win a round um, and you are alive, if you don't own a premium skin, you will very likely, assuming that one of the teams, you know, had a full buy be able to pick up a premium skin on the ground and bring that into the next round.
0: Yeah, okay, you're making a very good point. So that the premium skins multiply, whereas the battle pass and defaults go away. You you make a very, very good point. (laughs)
1: Thanks, because I know that, as as I've done that a lot in adults.
0: Oh yeah, of course, I do the same thing. Oh, everyone Um, does, of course, yeah. Yeah, but like, that being said, like, you know, I I think the velocity skin line was very well done. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that that was, I feel like that should be bare minimum for battle pass skin line.
1: Yeah. I also think that if we, if we kind of think about, you know, how this could work, uh, in a way that riot would actually do rather than just our own pipe dreams is, Mm -hmm. you know, they typically do three different skin lines for a battle pass, right? Where they have three different themes that they choose guns and do. Um, and then they do a knife from one of them as like the grand finale, Um, I honestly think at this point, since we're talking about, you know, a lot more people who aren't new and want just a huge variety of skins, what if they just made three skins and made them like actually cool? Like I'm talking like Reaver Prime tier skins, um, or maybe even a little bit under that, maybe say like Xeno Hunter, which is still, you know, the same tier as Reaver and Prime, but is not fully animated, something like that. Or, your, you know, your own personal favorite, cast, Or, I don't know about favorite, but the one you mention a lot. The uh, Radiant Crisis, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that way, you know, it's actually interesting to purchase them for people who already have skins. And it's still three skins for $10 for people who are looking to spend less money, which is still unbeatable value. Yeah. Like, I feel like that'd be better
0: than this system, right? Oh, for sure. Like... Yeah, like and like, I think there are a bunch of skin packs that they've released that like could have just been battle pass skins. Oh, absolutely! Like the Endeavor skin line, the Endeavor skin line is fucking sick. Yeah, should have been a battle pass skin. Right, like the right. infantry skin, the wasteland skins, like
1: mm. those
0: should have all just been battle pass skins.
1: Yeah. The the Black Market skins, (laughs) which were premium,
0: (laughs) also should have been Battle Pass skins, I think. Mind-blowing. But yeah, like... Yeah. And you know what? You should have something that's, like, Prime or Reaver territory. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, okay, I guess those skins are a little goaded. Right. Um, But, like, something along that, those lines of, like... They are fully animated. They have actual like change of um, VFX and stuff like yeah. that. You should get one skin that's like that in the battle pass.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it should be. Yeah, I, th- I think th- what what could work, what could make a lot of sense would be you know you get two weapon skins that are like you know Xeno Hunter, Radiant Crisis tier. You get one you know, Reaver Prime to your weapon skin, and then you get mm-hmm. one knife that also has animations, not just a you know basic one like they've been doing. And that, I yeah. think, would be much better value. And I
0: think that, like, you would actually see people buying the Battle Pass more often. Yeah, And, like, maybe they think that they're getting enough Battle Pass sales just based on the number of people that need it for the Radiant Right, right. But, like, I don't know, the current Battle Pass system's just some fucking poor shit.
1: That's true, that's true. Yeah, and I, I think that had I come to this game from playing other games that had much friendlier battle pass systems, like Fortnite and I think Apex is similar that way, or the finals, like you mentioned, that would have been impossible since the finals came out this year. But uh, anyway, like, I think I may have been way less willing to put up with Valorant's monetization, and I might have been like, yeah, this is some bullshit. Like I'm not doing this. But because I didn't really have that context, I was like, well, okay, this is just how it is, since this was like my mm-hmm. first game of that type. And, you know, now I'm in deep. Now, now I'm hooked, so yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter at this point. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it definitely it definitely is very, very greedy. Um, yeah, it, it also is one of those things where I, one thing that we'll never know, but I'd be very curious, like, how much money Riot makes on Valorant versus uh, how much they spend on it to upkeep the servers and to, you know, pay their team and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, because I would have to imagine, I would be shocked if they're not, you know, raking in money hand over fist, because obviously there's a point with the game that they, because I'm sure they spend an absurd amount to, you know, keep the lights on and, and, uh, maintain the game, but they also make an obscene amount, even more than that, because, like, Mm -hmm. I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm sure there is a point at which, you know, we shouldn't want the monetization to be reduced below, because, you know, you know, the game would not be able to be sustained. But I, I, I you know, just... I, I feel like we're so far above that point. Without having yeah. to get of the data. And it's not like I'm just asking for free
0: shit here. Right, right. It's still, you still spend for the Battle Pass. Yeah. Like, I'd still be spending money on the Battle Pass. Just, like... And then maybe I'd have a reason to, like, actually want to, like, play consistently. Which I know doesn't really... I mean, I guess it's good for Valorant, because, like, it affects their numbers. Yeah. And I guess I do play somewhat consistently anyway. But it's, like... (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's, like, yeah, like, if they had an actual good Battle Pass, it's, like, oh, well, like, I'd probably go on and play, like, you know, two to three games every day. Right. Just to make sure that I'm getting enough XP on the Battle Pass. Um, Yeah, you know, things like that. Whereas, like, now... It's, like, in the current moment, it's, like, I'll... It's much more likely that I'm gonna binge five or six games in one day, and then maybe take, like, a day break or two, or something like that. Yeah. Or, like, the day after that, play one game. Or, like, you know, whatever. Um. But, yeah. Like, I I don't want it to sound like I'm just asking them to give us free shit. Yeah. Because I know that, number one, that's unrealistic, Mm -hmm. and it's a pipe dream. No, like... It's like, I'm not even, like, I, I'm not really asking for handouts. I'm just asking for a reason to buy the Battle Pass that isn't fucking Radionite. And no right. amount of gun buddies or calling cards or whatever the fuck those titles are. And sprays or whatever, as well, yeah. You're like, the sprays is going to make me do that. I'll admit I was a little bit tempted for the Battle Pass that had the Unstoppable Jet card in it. Yeah. yeah, and- I wanted that card
1: yeah and but like the, the thing is that, like I used to buy battle passes sometimes for some of those goodies, even if I didn't love the the weapons. but like at this point, I have cool cards, cool buddies on my guns. like am I going to spend ten dollars to get a slightly cooler buddy on one of my guns where I already have buddies I like? like no, absolutely not.
0: I don't even like buddies on my guns right yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that as I said, like I don't know if you have buddies on any of your guns I, I do on a few. I have the Yoru one that pulses. Like, the free Yoru buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. On the Ion op, uh, because it pairs very nicely with the AWP. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Marshall, I have... I have the kill contract thing from the Neo Frontier one on my Neo Frontier Marshall. Um, I see. Him. But the other problem is, like, I can't assign a specific gun buddy to a specific gun. Right, because of the randomization system. And so... It's like, if I could do that, my black glitch Pop Vandal would have Chambers Gun Buddy, the the credit right. card. The black and gold credit card. Yeah. It very nicely with it. Um, but I can't do that. And so I just run no, yeah, no Gun Buddy on that. I think Gun Buddies look dumb on pistols, but like, I think the, um, uh, from like the Arcane skin. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the gun buddy that I got with the arcane skin I think is really cool. I just don't like the way the gun buddies look on pistols, because I feel like they're disproportionately large. Um, And if you had that in real life, it would be, like, almost pulling your gun to the side. (laughs) Just, like, it would feel awkward, and I just don't like the premise of that. Um, And so, like, but, you know, whenever arcane season 2 drops, and they come out with a new arcane skin... Gonna be the Odin, uh, probably,
1: which is not good for you.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought that it might have been an Odin, but then they came out with the Neo Frontier Odin. Yeah. And like the un or like the Frontier Odin, like the non yeah, Neo version of it, yeah. is like I don't know, fairly similar behavior to what like Jinx's. Yeah, it's more like a Gatling gun. Gatling kind of gun style. Yeah. is. Um, I know that like from Arcane, um, Caitlyn, Caitlyn. Yeah. Um, Caitlin, I can't remember exactly. I think it's Caitlin, yeah. Okay, could yeah, could just be Caitlin. Um, she has a gun that would fit very well for like a marshal. You know. Wait a minute. Oh, so, hold up! What?
1: I'm pretty sure that's a break action gun that she has. So I think it's an out- it would be an outlaw in Valorant. Yeah, I'm pretty sure her gun is break action, so I think the outlaw is the best fit for her gun of any skin. I thought her gun was lever action. Uh, I could be wrong. Let me see. Uh,
0: I thought her gun was a lever.
1: Uh, I I could be wrong. Okay. I'm looking it up right now. We're going to find out.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. This is really taking us down the rabbit hole right here. But, like... Oh, how. oh, oh, sorry,
1: sorry. I, I found it out quickly, yeah. so I thought I'd just interject real quick. Yeah. I, I was confused. So, it is lever action. What what I was remembering is that the gun itself folds in half for transportation purposes. So, she does, like, you know, do... What looks, oh, I see. She does, like, whip it out like that, but that's not reloading it. That's just, you know, uh-huh. form factor thing.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. Well, moving on here. 'Cause at this point I think we're just beating a dead horse. We kinda want the same things with the battle pass. Yeah. Um The two of us have gotten to play Icebox since the changes. Yes. Do you have any initial uh feelings on the map? Um it's hard to say.
1: It's you know, I I, I am not a huge fan of the changes as we discussed last podcast in theory. And I feel like the one game was not enough to really put that into practice. In particular, Mm -hmm. in the game that we played, we did not, at least I personally, did not do a ton with, you know, taking the kitchen mid area, which is where the biggest changes occurred. And also the changes that I like the least. So
0: Mm, I actually did do a fair amount of that in that game.
1: Okay. Well, what do you, what do you think of the changes from, from playing? Um,
0: I like the changes. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure how I feel about that window in tube. Yeah, but I like the rest of the changes. However, as a general rule of thumb, I feel like the changes did not actually address any of the issues that I had with the map.
1: Right, right. I like, think the namely changes, the necessity of sage and uh, being not necessarily
0: just there. the necessity of like uh of sage and or Harbor Cove. Just to get spiked down, Although that is absolutely one of them. It's. Mm -hmm. Especially on B site. You're not incentivized. To actually take site. Really. Yeah. Like obviously it's helpful too. But you never need to cross that line. That line being. Where nest is. If you were to draw a horizontal line. That Mm -hmm. cuts that map in half. At where nest is. Right right. You're never, like, there's never a need to cross through that threshold. Now, obviously, there can be a good reward for being able to effectively do so, but that comes at a much greater risk that is somewhat unnecessary to expose yourself to.
1: Yeah, and um, the ultimate example of that is if you can plant in nest, that really gives you some interesting post plants, but
0: it's just very difficult to do so. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, there's there's obviously that, and then there's the, um... They didn't do shit with A-Site. Mm-hmm. Which I felt was a... I don't know, the site is overly complex for, in my opinion, no good reason. And I get that when Icebox came out, the entire gimmick of Icebox was all the elevation. Yeah. But there's only a handful of agents who can fully take advantage of that in the first place. Mm -hmm. I happen to play some of them, namely Jet. Yeah, and she you can take advantage
1: of it less now that they took away
0: another updraft. Well, not another, but they took away another updraft. The one time that we did play the map, I played Omen. Um, Who can also take advantage of all that stuff. But, like, I feel like it's overly complex for not... Just for the sake of being, ooh, tons of different elevation changes. And it's like, you never know where the fuck to point your goddamn crosshair unless your team has fucking god-tier comms. Um, and good intel and recon and everything like that. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like, like Icebox, the sites, or just the way the game plays out can oftentimes be just like a bit of a slugfest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: of just, like, we're both just gonna stand here and just fucking throw haymakers at each other. Yeah. And like, like, whoever... You
1: I agree with everything that you've said in terms of describing how Icebox A-Site is, and my reaction is just, I fail to see the problem. <laughs> like, I really like all of those things.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. it's just like, it feels like coin flippy is not the right term, mm-hmm. but, like, it feels like you don't necessarily get rewarded for making good decisions in the same way that on other maps you get the reward for that. Like, but I, I feel I, like... Just because the for, le- good decision is less clear, it's more chaotic. Yeah, yeah, like, a good decision is less clear, and, yeah. like, good timings are just, like, more obfuscated. Um, yeah, it's, it all just feels like, oh, well, like, yeah, I happened to slip around in the time when the Chamber wasn't watching Flank because he had to take a duel with someone Rafters, and I managed to just, like, catch that timing through no fault of my own. I just lucked into it. And Chamber's trip can't hold the entirety of Flank. Sounds um, amazing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, okay, but it's like, yeah. I lucked into that. Well, I mean, I think I think that... But you didn't earn that, right? Now, like, on other maps, right, where, like, you're playing Ascent or whatever, like, you know, maybe you get, like, an Omen smoke down on the KJ turret that's watching flank, and, like, the KJ is out of earshot, or, like, there's enough commotion going on so she doesn't notice, and, like, you really pick your timing well to, like, sneak through and get the backstab, it's like you, like, you really earned that one. Like, you made the right decisions at the right time Mm -hmm. to get the value for it. And I find that the general map design of Icebox doesn't make that as clear-cut. Or, like, sometimes you'll get punished for making what would usually be the correct decision. And then it just doesn't work out that way. Um, And there wasn't necessarily a way for you to know... To not take this timing because it's just kind of fucking random. And I don't like that. I feel like, like, I get what you're saying, but also, you know, in a
1: situation where, oh, well, you know, you just kind of guessed a time to flank and it worked out that the chamber trip was, you know, deactive because chamber had pushed up, or you go through a different mm-hmm. angle, avenue than where you put the trip. Like, yes, that isn't necessarily a reflection on your skill, but it's a reflection on, you know, the chamber leaving that as a possibility. Because if the chamber was just, you know, fully standing back, holding, you know, that angle, or fuck, if they had not played chamber and played Cypher and completely mm-hmm. tripped off the exit, I'm not even sure if that's the best way to put Cypher's trips, but anyway, that's a separate conversation.
0: Cypher can't really do that either. I mean, you can, you can trip both, at, yeah, both I doorways. You trip. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think that's yeah.
1: optimal. I'm just using that for right, an example. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: Like, there are... Cypher can't one trip off, flank. Like. Right, right. He has so... to double trip. Exactly. Yeah. So like
1: if you, if you push through against the chamber and you get that kill, yeah, maybe it wasn't any like genius plan by you, but it was still the, the, you know, the chamber's prerogative to decide how he wanted to handle that. And the way he handled it was, you know, allowed you to have that happen. And I think also that, um, you know, that's appropriate for a site in particular, because a site due to the chaotic nature that you were describing tends to be difficult to defend. And therefore, you know, obviously, especially before the changes to B, Icebox was known as Go A Simulator. Um, and I think I mean, they have, the, ch- the changes they've made over time is, have made B more viable. And and they continue to with like removing the you know crate in B long. Um, and so I think it's appropriate that it should be difficult to hold flank on Icebox because it's you know very important to do so.
0: Yeah, and like I like I, that was just an example I was coming up with. Yeah. Like I. I I see your point, and I think that Mm -hmm. that's fair. Like, perhaps, yeah, that is the downside of going in. Yeah. Is holding flank can be challenging. Um, But then, if your team comp allows you to do it, like, I've run into circumstances where somebody is literally sitting in where the fuck they spawned. Just sitting all the fucking way back there. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, like, holding the flank from there, and, like, How often do you ever clear that fucking angle? Like, let's be honest here. Right, right, yeah, I almost never. Especially the first time somebody does it in a game, there's a zero fucking percent chance I'm clearing that shit. Oh, yeah. Like, intentionally. Like, I might soft clear it. And by that, I mean, my crosshair might swing through that angle at some point, but I'm not expecting anyone to be there. Um, and the fact that that is somewhat viable... I think this is dumb. Well, it's, I think it's only somewhat viable
1: if you play a very select few agents because, and even then, it's not perfect. Because first of all, you have to have utility that's like global or effectively global, or else you're you're not providing any value to your team bes- yeah. besides the flank watch. And, Omen, Astra. Yeah, I mean that's so far back. I don't know if Omen could smoke a you know heaven on. Uh, on Icebox from sitting in his own spawn, I, I'm not sure that, that that actually might be pushing it. I'd um, have to
0: test it. But like Astra yeah. for sure can.
1: Oh, Astra, Astra definitely can, and Astra I think would be the premier agent to do this with if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that's still, you know, if as as we've discussed often on pod, and I in particular have brought up, like. Sorry, I, I just was quiet for a minute. I was trying to see if by the, you know, pe- the my friends, my roommate have over were, were like asleep or something. Anyway, oh. um, yes, yeah, so I'll I'll try to keep it down from here on out. Um, yeah that that you still there's a lot of times when you would rather have you know all of your members of your team trading as you're pushing onto site because you lose the first couple fights and having your one person in spawn can definitely come you know come back to bite you even if they can use their utility from where they are. So it's you it's know. still significant to have someone there.
0: Sure, sure, and I'm not saying that it's not, but like the fact that it's even somewhat viable, it's a little bit dumb. Well, Compared how how many like,
1: how many times do you get killed by that?
0: Not very often. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a very but rare like, occurrence. Not as often as perhaps I should. Hmm. Feel like that's perhaps a slightly underutilized strategy there. Okay. Okay. You know. I feel like perhaps I should be dying to that a little bit more often because of how reasonable it is to dip. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you just have somebody who is just like playing B, you know? Poking, yeah. prodding, maybe not pushing all too aggressively, just waiting to see if anybody gets aggro out of B. Oh yeah, and then holding the flank from
1: B-side, yep.
0: And then, yeah, you're holding the flank from B-side, and come on. Clearing all the way behind you if you're pushing through mid? Like, and then, like, also just the fact that they didn't do a whole lot to incentivize going mid. Sure, there are some mid changes, but I don't think it necessarily incentivizes either team to take mid. Like, I don't think it offers enough yeah. in terms of incentivizing teams to take mid. I think it offered a slight amount of uh, agency towards the attacking side in terms of splitting B. Or maybe having somebody go late B, because there are just fewer angles they need to deal with as they go under tube. But, I I feel like they didn't do enough to make mid an avenue. And therefore, the map often feels like you're either going A, or you're going B. Right? And now, bind is a map that obviously has that same kind of mentality due to the fact that... There is no base. There is yeah. no major. However, mm. Bind gets around that by having the teleporters. Right. And two avenues into sight. In the absence of mid. Right? Like, there's A mm. short, there's B short, there's B long, there's A long. Um, and they all have their particular names, but, like, that's not super relevant. Like, there's... A bind gets away with that because part of the map design is that there is no mid. Xbox has a mid, but it might as well not have it most of the time.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and I feel like that's a that's an issue with the map. Now, perhaps with those mid changes, there's some things that I'm not considering that maybe some pros will figure out. Um, and like I did get a fair amount of value in that game that I played as Omen, just um, smoking off mid every fucking round, and then pushing my way into mid be it that I smoked off tube or I smoked off mid mid the same way a Viper would.
1: Um, Yeah. And I was going to say that I would have disagreed with you uh, about the usefulness of mid before the changes. I think the mid, the mid changes make mid incredibly more defender sided and make it so much less viable for attackers to push into it because, you know, first of all, the whole part of the difficulty of holding mid beforehand was that you now had the, uh, that you now have you have to worry about people going in tube or under tube if they're gonna contest kitchen or the B side of things. Whereas now pushing up tube is an absolute nightmare when you have to deal with people down the line and also that slit that, you know, reaches to the headshot angle that you and I were messing around with and accustomed to mm-hmm. ramps. Um it, like that's just a brutal place I to push through.
0: Down that angle in mid. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, as well as just the perpendicular angle to the window in mid.
1: Oh right, yeah, right. Don't you you know don't have to be on the ramp; you could just but... be on, you know, on the ground. Um, yeah. And so, while yes, it's it's simplified geometry for a, a late lurk for a defender. I think it, the far more impactful change is that you know that slit in tube makes tube so much harder to contest, and therefore it effectively reduces one of the lanes that you have as an attacker. And that's one of the changes that I was most upset about because I thought that two was very unique and cool before where it's this thing where, you know, it's high stakes. If you have multiple uh, of yourself in there and then the enemy rays trucks a nade at you or peaks with a fucking Odin, then you're screwed. But if you can get up there and take, win that duel in kitchen, all of a sudden you've really opened up the map. Um, Whereas now doing that is now it's basically exclusively a, a lurk Avenue um, unless you got some really crazy strat cooked up where the defense is just you know not having enough people in mid, like they just have one person who dies immediately or something, because that's just you know, borderline impossible to do.
0: Yeah, Phoenix is now meta. Walls up past that window. Oh, yeah. Every round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that'd be Phoenix interesting. Phoenix just his wall down that. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah, but even there, the wall well, like... doesn't last all that long, and the whole tube is bangable. So a Phoenix walls there, and you have your person, uh, ideally not even on ramps, but uh, the, the place you were describing, just start mm-hmm. shooting through the tube. I mean, you're going to be laying in some damage.
0: Yeah, but, like, if the Phoenix walls out every round, like, you don't know if anybody's crossed behind it, like... Well, maybe, you're talking about being in
1: tube and walling along to block off the hole in the tube, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, the Phoenix still has to cross mid to get there. I don't feel like that's a particularly viable... Like, unless you're going to also commit a smoke to that every round to get him across, I don't know that it's worth committing a smoke and the Phoenix Wall to fake, you know,
0: every single round. That just seems like a high investment. Assuming you're playing Icebox properly, you should have a vapor orb that goes down there every round. Oh, okay. Anyway. I I feel like that is not a sure thing at all in ranked. In ranked, no, but like, you know, also I'm fucking joking, it's Phoenix. Like... Phoenix is fine and Ranked. Phoenix is never going to be meta. Play. Well, I
1: mean, I didn't think he was going to be meta. Um, I was just going to say that... Uh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, just sure, that specific sure. strategy, like, even. Yeah. Oh, Cass, that kind of segues into uh, us, you know, issuing a bit of a uh, retraction. I'm not going to call it an apology. Okay. In that uh, Blate has proven since his appearance that, indeed, uh, G2 and I think, like, one other team did run uh, Chamber uh, Sage Killjoy. In EMEA VCT play, on oh okay, Xbox. yeah, but that was a meme. It was a, it was like, a doesn't meme? count.
0: Yeah, it was a meme. It doesn't count. Well, like...
1: he, the, the angle that I was gonna say was that because it seems like there were a couple different games that happened that they weren't all mm-hmm. you know it, it, uh, irrelevant games. Really, what this is is this just us being you know fans of the one superior region, which is uh, you know NA. Uh, America's, I guess, now that they've changed it. Yeah, America's yeah, just clearly superior. Right, so <laughs> it's just tough for our brains to comprehend the stupidity that happens in Europe. And so yeah. it was just, you know, it makes sense that we wouldn't have anticipated that teams would throw that hard by using that comp.
0: It's also like pre-Nerf Chamber. Yeah, that's a given. Right, Sage. That's also kind of a given because mm-hmm. it's Icebox we're talking about. Yeah, Harbor probably wasn't in the game yet. Yeah. And then it's also pre nerf Killjoy. True. It's like La dee Fucking Da. Oh, and they probably were also playing Pre Nerf Viper. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. <laughs> you have three of the most broken <laughs> characters that this game has ever seen. What was the fifth one? Jet?
1: Uh I think it might have been I'm not Yeah sure. it doesn't
0: matter. Yeah. You probably want flashes in there. It, it, was, like, it was you
1: know, it was stupid. That's the point.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. you've got pre nerf KO in there too. Um Mm -hmm. and so you just have a series of broken fucking agents in the game. And then there's sage because you'd like to plant the bomb on some rounds. (laughs) Right. And you know what? If you don't have a sage, well huh. Too bad. You don't get to plant the bomb. Um Yeah. So yeah, but Yeah, I don't know. Like I do like the changes, don't get me wrong. As like a general rule of thumb. I just feel like it didn't address the problems that the map has in a very similar way that Riot does this all yeah. the fucking time, like, when they needed to nerf Jet, what was the dash they needed to nerf? And they didn't touch that for how fucking long? Yeah. Right? They nerfed literally every other aspect of her kit.
1: So basically, you want there to be A changes, a reason to go mid, and also Sage being less required. That yeah. That's what fixed Icebox for you.
0: A changes... Reasons to fight for mid, or just, like, mid to have some importance in the map, mm-hmm. outside of just, yeah, late lurks, um, and potentially some rotates when the team hits B once in a blue moon, and you have to rotate through, like, under tube or whatever, yeah. uh, from A site, and... Yeah, I don't know, just, like, maybe a reason, or, like, either a requirement to take deeper B site to plant... So, like, you can't plant where, like, Sage usually walls up and plant. Like, maybe reduce the plant area.
1: hmm
0: uh, And force you to plant deeper, to therefore force teams to take more bee control. But then, you'd have to, like, make the avenues that the defenders have access to less good, so you'd have to make some other changes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but, like, yeah, I feel like they're much as how I talked about with, like, the way in which Riot nerfed Jet and Chamber. By not addressing the issue that the map had. They're currently doing the same thing. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that this wasn't a step in the right direction. It just means that they didn't actually deal with the root issue. And when all is said and done, it might be a similar situation to Jet and Chamber in which... Like, I think they over-nerfed some of the other abilities because they didn't want to deal with the main issue. Right, right. So, yeah. Also, I still feel like Cypher sucks on that map.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I completely disagree with everything else you said, but I agree (laughs) agree with the Cypher thing. (laughs) I dislike the changes because they took me away from the way I like the map. They just need to revert the changes, (laughs) and we're good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Eh, yeah who knows well mm. then, well, I haven't gotten a chance to play new Lotus in comp yet. But,
1: I actually did earlier uh, today, and yeah, yeah,
0: how was that? What were your opinions on that
1: it, it was all right um I will say that Chase and I probably sort of should have swapped over to playing a on defense sooner because our our a defense players were doing a terrible job. Like, they claimed, like, oh, well, the enemy team is hitting it hard, so we should just play for retake. So, like, they would just, like, hold rat angles, like, on site and not have much success with it. So they weren't actually playing for retake. Like, the bomb would go down on site while they were still alive somewhere, like, you know, hell or behind site. And then they would die before we would arrive for the retake. So it was really the worst of both worlds. Um, because, you know, one of the biggest changes, I think, is the fact that now Defender's pushing up. To towards Orb can now duck back into the new corner that's created where before it was that diagonal line which was very awkward mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really get to experience that because I wasn't doing it and my teammates sure as hell were not doing it unfortunately um, but yeah it, the the seas, the site planting area change was interesting, I definitely planted there sometimes just because it was new and I wanted to but I, I don't know if it dramatically transforms the map I guess my, my opinion so far just kind of like, I don't know. I, I It was interesting, but I don't really have any new opinions on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Like I've heard some people talking about how Cypher is somehow slightly better on the map now. I'm not seeing it. Hmm. Um, I get that in pro play, Cypher's really good because you can kind of just like trip up two avenues and then not have to dedicate too many people to those. Yeah. Just like toss a trip across B and it's like, okay, we play retake B if they end up there Um, and like trip up C. And then like, we can also kind of play C for retake and we can invest all our resources at the start of the round to maintaining a rebel control. And then we can branch back off and, you know, go back to B and regain some B control. But like, we know nobody's worked up there because the cipher stuff was there Um, that's a more team coordination thing and I feel like you just don't get that in ranked Um, maybe you do it like the very upper echelons of ranked Um, but yeah I feel like I feel like a lot of the value that Cypher gets in pro play is not relevant from a ranked perspective
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like a lot of the map control that Cypher can hold for you ends up being underutilized because someone plays those avenues anyway.
1: True, true. Right? It's like, oh,
0: I have an unjumpable, unduckable trip B. You don't need to fucking hold that. Right, right. Right? And it's like, sure, it's relatively Like, Cypher doesn't have too many uh, unbreakable trips that people have to swing into the angle and get tagged by before they can break them. But it still does the job of, if somebody works up and they want to get through this, they need to break that. And there's no real need to peek it until they do. Um, and I feel like people in rank just, like, don't take advantage of that. Like, the number of times I'm set up on, like, B-site split and somebody decides to beat garage off the rip. You know? Yep. It's like... Or I'll tell people, hey, like, I have Cam and Trip be heaven. Like, you can sit back stairs. And just, like, play off that. But then, like, somebody's actively holding mail. And right. it's like, okay, well, like, the only way my Trip gets value is if you die.
1: Yeah, I've had the same thing happen in his killjoy as well. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. my setup is being underutilized here.
0: Right. And it's one thing if you've got, like, like, I, I get it if you got an operator and you're looking for an early pick. hmm Right. Like if you got an op and you wanna go be main and you wanna take your op shot off the rip and then dash out of the angle or TP out of the angle and then go reposition if you get the kill or if you don't get the kill you fall back and you help me hold sight, like I feel like that's totally fine. But like if you got a rifle, like I don't know about that one.
1: Yeah. I'm with you there.
0: Um and so I feel like yeah I understand that from like a meta perspective, Cypher's Probably now that Killjoy's turret got nerfed. And Killjoy's turret can't hold flank as effectively on that map. Um, probably pretty good. From a meta perspective. I just don't see you being able to get full value out of that in comp. And especially because Raze raise is a very common pick. Uh, Cypher's C hold is still not super strong. Like I feel like Viper arguably has a better C hold than yeah. does. Um
1: no, Viper just has strongholds on so many sites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Viper can
0: just hold whatever fucking avenue she wants cuz she's Viper and has her orb. Mm-hmm. Um and especially especially on maps where her wall is not immediately needed for defense.
1: Yeah.
0: Like on maps where you don't need her wall up for defensive site controls. And you're using it more for either retakes or passive areas that you can bring up at the beginning of the round to, like, kind of fake that you've got some, um, some pressure in certain areas, or people pushed up a bit and you just don't know about them. Like, that's one thing. But then, like, when you don't need that wall up as often as possible, um, yeah, like, her orb is just so fucking good at Like, Orb Plus Molly's just, like, denies so many people entry to site. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think that, like, the elevation, like, the fact that the platform is a thing for Cypher makes it awkward to have good angles to play from to capitalize off your trips without exposing yourself to, like, mound And just, like, other places that other people are going to shoot you from. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that. So, Mm -hmm. I think Chamber's kind of back on the menu. Yeah. But I haven't gotten to play on that map yet, so I don't know. The first time I do play on that map, though, I will most likely be bringing out Chamber and seeing how that goes.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Mm -hmm.
0: Especially because Chamber probably got slightly buffed with the introduction of the uh... outlaw.
1: yeah, yeah, Chamber of the Outlaw could do some damage.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, if you get tags, right? So up on yeah. Yeah, I get a few tags, I mean, Headhunter's pretty fucking strong now. Mm-hmm. And you're less punished for needing to undergo the long reload animation. Right, because you can TP out, presumably. Well, not even just the TP out, obviously the TP, but, like... I'm just talking about the fact that, like, I have a viable sidearm. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Right, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I took my two shots, I got my kill, I TP'd back to site, but they're still pushing me. Like, I still have a viable sidearm in the headhunter. Yep. That I can take another duel with. Um, Whereas, with other agents, it's like, oh, fuck, I guess I pull out my classic now, because I don't have three seconds to reload this after getting my kill, and they just keep stomping up onto site. Um. So yeah, I don't know. That's about all I got for this episode. Unless you got any, uh,
1: yeah. That's that's good timing for me health as health. well. Yeah. We wish so. Chase. Uh, hope Chase gets better soon. Hope your ankle gets better soon. And hopefully, we'll mm-hmm. all be back at full strength. Miracle recovery for your ankle. I'm calling for it right now. Next week.
0: <laughs> yeah. I kind of doubt that one. Um, you never know. Hey, yeah, you're right. You never know. Alrighty.
1: All right, Well, we'll drink you
0: with want you know later. Out of here? <laughs> Sorry, I said <was> it <laughs> over you. Okay, Cassie, you, you got it. You got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Well, you know, on that note, we'll drink with you later.